Welcome to WeChat Divorce, hosted by Karen Chalou, legal liaison, and Catherine Shanahan, CDFA. Each episode, we sit down with divorce professionals and industry experts to provide insights and frank discussions about real people, real situations, and real divorce to help you achieve your best life post-divorce. This episode of WeChat Divorce is brought to you by My Divorce Solution, helping you secure your worth and protect your wealth in divorce. Welcome to WeChat Divorce. Catherine and I are so happy today to welcome Cindy Stibbard. In this episode, we're going to discuss divorce advice for men and women. But first, let's meet Cindy. Cindy is a driven and compassionate entrepreneur and CEO behind Divorce Redefined, her Vancouver-based separation and divorce coaching practice. As a certified divorce coach and certified divorce specialist, Cindy created her unique practice to help people on an international level through every stage of their divorce and beyond to redefining themselves in their new chapter of life. Welcome, Cindy. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. So, Cindy, let's kick off our discussion today uh, to talk about a little bit about your story and the company you created, Divorce Redefined. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it doesn't take, uh, you know, you don't have to guess really hard to figure out why I went into the divorce industry. <laughs> you know, I went through divorce myself coming up four years ago. And the reason I started divorce coaching was when I was going through it. I mean, I went down that same path that most people go down that antiquated, both sides lawyer up, battle ensues. You're spending so much money. You're not talking to each other and you're fighting over this, the kitchen sink. Right. And through that process, I realized, you know, you feel already, not only are you so terrified by the decision that you're making. I mean, I chose to leave my marriage, but I was a stay at home mom for 11 years. I didn't have access to the finances of my family. I wasn't making the income, but I knew that I couldn't be in that marriage anymore for my own mental health. But making that decision is already hard enough. And then you step into this deep divorce process that is so intimidating and so confusing and really unsupported. You know, you realize that There are a lot of people going through this too, but nobody's talking about it. And there's no real network of people. At least there wasn't back then. I feel like there's way more now, but I feel like four years ago, I was trying to navigate this all by myself. You know, I had a therapist. Yes. But you know, a therapist wasn't telling me, okay, here's what you should do next. Here's who you should talk to. Here are the resources that will help you. Here are even what your options are, because I didn't know what's the difference between like media, a mediator, collaborative divorce, going to court. I had no clue. So through the process, I really learned basically the landscape of divorce and how it can work in so many different ways than just going straight to that litigator first, right off the bat. And realizing that, you know, it's definitely a process that needs some support on all levels and guidance because it's having. When you're only relying on yourself and not on other professionals who know what they're doing as part of this divorce process, you can really, you know, take way too much time doing it. You feel stuck. You feel afraid. You start to spend a lot of money because you don't really know what else to do. So for me going through the process, I remember the day that I just, that I found divorce coaching actually as an option for me, as I had just gotten a text from a girlfriend, an acquaintance that I 
sort of knew I was in the middle of my divorce process. And she reached out to me saying, look, I'd love to talk to you. I'm thinking about leaving my marriage too. And I want to know how you're doing it. What are you doing? And I thought, Oh my God, I I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) I don't know. Like, I don't even know what I can, what I can say. All I can say is what I, what I'm learning and what maybe not to do if so far, but I didn't know what I was doing. So that really made me feel, God, there's gotta be a way that I can help other people through this process, you know, because all I knew was my own story and I still didn't know what I was doing at the time. So that's when I went and researched, found that there was, you know, certification to become a certified divorce coach. Cause for me, I really felt like I needed to have some kind of education and some qualifications behind me instead of just my own divorce experience, you know, and be able to provide them with that professional standard of support. So that's really what took me there. And I feel that so crazy because a lot of times I think like, Oh my God, it took me getting divorced to realize my passion and like my purpose on this earth. You know, at 46 (laughs) years old, I finally know that my purpose is here to help others navigate this really, really hard life transition that so many people go through. Well, you know, it doesn't depend the age, but, you know, you're lucky to have found your passion. You know, how you got there is one thing, but to actually find it and then to pay it forward, you know, that's a blessing in disguise, I guess. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think you're right. I was a teacher for, for 20 years. And so I think deep down for me was always giving back, always making a difference. So this is sort of that other, you know, next level of making a difference in the lives of others. Great. I love that. So when you help your clients and you help them redefine divorce, what are some of the steps that they go through? Really the way that I can support a client is at any point of the process. I like to meet them exactly where they are. Sometimes they come to me when they're only just contemplating the idea of leaving this marriage, because I mean, statistically, most women take a minimum of two years, just contemplating the idea before they make any steps and meeting them in that place. I actually love the most because this gives you a chance to really set the stage to how to even have that hard conversation, because it's when you know, it's when we wait for the shoe to drop, right? And it's when we wait for like, okay, the next fight, I swear to God on the next fight, I'm out of here, I'm leaving. And that's almost when you want to do it. You don't want to do it. You want to be able to have these conversations when you're in a place of calm and centeredness and be able to plan it, you know, know that you are about to have a really life-changing conversation with your partner who you've created a life with. You want it to go well, you know, you don't want to walk out the door. <laughs> Because that's going to set you up for what everyone stereotypically is, goes through. So meeting, you know, those people there and, and even having the conversation of, is it possible to repair your marriage at this point? Because even though I'm a divorce coach, like I am in no way an advocate of divorce. You know, what I am is pro-happiness, pro-empowerment, like pro-healthy relationships. And if you can go back and look at ways to repair what you have and even give it one last shot before stepping out entirely, at least once you make that choice, you will know in yourself, I did everything I could. That's what we say at my divorce solution. Sometimes your solution is not a divorce. There's a big imbalance with finances and families. So when they come through our process and they get their divorce financial portrait, they get to get on an even keel. There's an alignment of the information. And then at that point, it may not be the finances that are really tearing them apart after all. 
So now that they had that settled, they sometimes we say to them, your next step may be going to a marriage counselor, going to a coach, go to somebody that can talk you through the emotional side of your marriage. Mm -hmm. Now that you have your financial side all disclosed and on an even pace here. Yeah, absolutely. Because there are a lot of things to, to consider, you know, and that's just one, one place I meet my clients. I get a lot of them which are coming to me just kind of fresh out of the gate. They've hired a lawyer. They now just want help to know what to do because the lawyer was you know, a $10,000 retainer. And it's really important that you be careful how you use that because that can go by so quickly. I learned that the hard way. (laughs) (laughs) I learned that the hard way for sure. And being able to figure out, okay, who do I need to bring in on my team? You know, it's not just about having this lawyer. This lawyer is great for the legal part, but you need to have that financial piece really worked out right at the beginning, because a lot of times you're stuck And you're scared of that uncertainty because you don't have clarity on what does my financial future look like in this divorce process. And once you can clear that up, then it's like, okay, well, now we can negotiate actual numbers instead of all of this high level, what if situation makes people feel a lot more comfortable and confident in terms of what comes next. Right. Because how do you, how do you negotiate? Because listen, both parties have to compromise, but how do you do that? And how do you know what you want? If you don't even really know what you have and you're not able to interpret it, you know, so through our process, that's what we work on. So I'm glad you're bringing that up because once you have that clarity, you'll be able to decide which decisions are best for you moving forward. Oh yeah. Huge. And it's, uh, that's actually really surprising to me that we, we don't know that. I mean, even in my own process, I didn't find a financial person or realize the importance of that until, you know, several months into it. I had no idea that's what I needed. And the moment I found that person and she was able to really create that financial snapshot of my life, here's where you are, here's where where you could be, here are the scenarios. I was like, oh, okay. And now you kind of know, am I going to be okay? You know, like my fear was, am I going to be a bag lady under a bridge one day? Like if I, (laughs) you know, leave this marriage, but when you sort of see okay, it's, it's going to be a sacrifice for sure, but I'm not going to be destitute and, you know, living in a box somewhere. And yes, I might have to go back to work. I might have to supplement myself. That's reality. That's okay. But being able to know that you're going to be okay is so huge. And that financial picture can start to create that for you. And then, you know, other people that you need to bring into the divorce process, you know, are you going to go down this path of negotiating with a lawyer? Are you going to potentially go to mediation? You know, who else do you need to even talk to even down to a mortgage broker? You know, a lot of clients I see, they haven't worked for many years and they want to keep the family house or they're like, I'm going to sell it. I'm going to buy a house. Can you, you know, first of all, can you buy a house? You haven't worked for so long. Maybe you don't have your own credit. Let's get someone in to see, you know, what would be uh, realistic in terms of a mortgage for you, because a lot of those pieces get forgotten until way later too. And then you might get out the, the end and realize, holy cow, I can't even get a mortgage. You know, how am I going to buy That something? happens often. Yeah. yeah. They, do, yeah. they say, I don't want alimony. I don't need it. Well, you go to get a house and you have no income and you decide that you didn't want alimony. <laughs> now, yes. what do you do? Yeah. yeah the, the impacts problem. of those decisions are huge. And so for like, for me being the coach is have those conversations. Okay. You don't want alimony. What are the possible scenarios that this could create for you later? And why, why are you so, nope, I don't need it. Is this a power thing? Is this, where is this coming from in you? You know, that's mostly that's guilt. Great. I'm going to pick up on something you said. And I think the word is prepare. 
I think a lot of people don't realize the necessity of preparing for divorce. They think mm-hmm. the call to their, their attorney is like handing off a baton when in fact, it, that's not the case at all. And any attorney or mediator, it's going to ask right away, well, what do you want? And if you haven't taken those steps to your point of preparing and knowing what you have in the first place, they really can't do their best work for you. We often use the analogy of an attorney or even a mediator as a surgeon. Like they can't do their work if you haven't taken those necessary steps. So I'm really glad that you use that. It's so important for people to understand that. Because at the end of the day, when they get to their agreement, I don't know if this is the same way in Canada, but in the United States, when you get to an agreement, most of the agreements say, look, I'm your attorney. I understand that my attorney does not give financial uh, financial or tax advice. And a lot of people don't even know that that's in their agreement and that they're even signing off. All along, they think their attorney is their financial advisor or helping Mm -hmm. them with their finances. And, you know, it's a very, it's it's a very hard time to figure that out at the end that you've relied on someone all this time. And now you're signing off that they did not give you financial advice. Yeah, interesting. it is. I think that we, because we think a lawyer is going to do it all holistically, like they're responsible for all of it. And Mm -hmm. mind you too, I think a lot of lawyers want to be responsible for all of it because I mean, I'm not going to generalize because I do think there's some amazing lawyers out there who love the team approach, but the, sometimes they don't want to admit that they don't know that really well, you know, or that a client needs to go and bring someone else in on the team, cost them more money. Yes, too. But to be able to make that picture really clear, you know, and not feel threatened by that process. I remember my lawyer, when I brought in a, a CDFA to work on my case, she, she, I didn't know this, she, that she wasn't a big numbers person. She didn't tell me this, Right. And then when I finally brought that person in, she's like, you know what? I really appreciate that you brought someone in to help me through this. It's like, oh God, you could have, you know, you could have just said at the beginning, you know, that maybe we should bring in a financial specialist. That would have been okay. So I think, yeah, it's definitely true to be able to have that piece so clear and to prepare. I I find that I have all these conversations with women, sometimes men, but mostly women who you know, they call, they want to know what divorce coaching is. They're not really sure yet, but I'll call when I'm ready to make the decision where it's almost like you need to start preparing now before you make that decision. Because the more you prepare, you might come to that place where actually I'm not going to make this decision anymore. You know, (laughs) I've prepared enough. I've seen the, I've seen what's possible and I've decided I'm going to go back and, and really give this another shot. Because I think, you know, like I was saying, we always wait for that moment I finally decided where in order to change how this all goes, we need to get ready before we've made that decision. Well, you know, being prepared has been proven to reduce stress. So the more organized and prepared you are, the more you alleviate some of the stress that you'll be going through. Mm -hmm. And it's not romantic. I mean, yeah, let's be honest. It's not romantic to be preparing for divorce when you're not sure if you want a divorce. It's like signing a prenup at the beginning of your marriage. You know, why am I looking at the end when this is never going to end, right? We're going to last forever. I mean, I think the statistic is like less than 10% of newlywed couples actually sign a a premarital agreement or a a prenup. And because 90% or more believe that they're never going to need it. 
So we have mm-hmm. to start to feel like, I know this is like, it's not sexy, <laughs> think of the <laughs> end. but it, you know, marriage is a contract in a way. And if we think about preparing for that contract, we're going to save so much grief and emotional damage and financial devastation being more prepared for the end, if the end comes, but it might not. It's like, maybe it's like carrying an umbrella. It's not going to rain if you have the umbrella, but it will, if you don't. <laughs> Right. You know, we get a lot of prenup work in our, in our office and, you know, that's how we treat it. We treat it that you're not preparing for divorce. You're preparing to stay married. You're already mm-hmm. sitting in the ground room for a really good financial relationship because you're putting everything out there in the open and you're putting it out there what it would look like. So I think that it leads for your marriage to have more time to just really focus on your marriage and not the financial aspect because you already know what would happen. Because I can tell you, there's a lot of women and men staying married now because they think financially they can't handle it on their own. Mm-hmm. But if you took that equation away, we all just want to be happy. So you, it will fo- lead you to focus more on the emotional side of your relationship. Definitely. Yeah, I definitely That's agree true. with that. Same t- holds true, actually, as we're talking about the postnups that we do, you know, and why we say sometimes when you get your financial portrait, which is a document that could be used with your mortgage broker, with your coach, with your, with your therapist, with your mediator, with your financial planner, when you go through the exercise and you can reconnect with a transparency and new goal setting, it could really be um, romantic to see where your life is going together because mm-hmm. you're not really, you know, there's a trust with finances. You're reestablishing a trust there, which could be a deeper bond with you moving forward. Yeah, that, that is so true too, because it creates that, you know, there's such a power imbalance when one spouse has all of the financial control and the other one doesn't, you know, and that's not romantic either. You want to be able to have this balanced relationship and partnership, at least being in the know of all of it and feeling like it's very transparent and you're right. It's all about it, really building that trust because when you're not in the you know, in the know of all of that, you're, can be, it can be very scary and you don't trust what, where this is going to go. So true. Cindy, I noticed, um, on your website, you referenced living by the words of Maya Angelou. When we know better, we do better. Just a little bit about that. Yes. I love that quote. Cause I feel that, you know, we only can do as, as well as we know in that moment. You know, I only did as best as I could because I didn't know any better in the divorce process until I started to learn better. And I think it goes for everything. It's like our parents raising us. They only did as well as they knew how to do. We as parents are doing as well as we know how to do, but we can learn and do things differently and better. And when we allow ourselves to sort of lean into that fear of divorce and be open to learning and educating and finding out all the different avenues we have such a better chance of creating a more positive and more agreeable outcome that suits us by learning instead of leaving all of that in the power of someone's hands, take that power in your hand. And the more that, you know, the better you're going to be able to do. And it's just, just a matter of educating yourself and informing yourself. And in the process of doing that, you become so much more empowered in the choices that you make. So I really believe that. And and I mean, that applies to so many different other layers of life, but in the divorce process, don't be scared. Don't be scared of learning. Don't be scared of asking questions. Don't be scared of reaching out because I mean, look at all of us who are here just with open arms and open doors saying, Hey, we're here for you. This is why we're doing this. You know, we're here. Yeah, exactly. Because it's really hard to move on when you regret 
decisions that you made in an emotional time because you did not have the knowledge to make those decisions. So you just made them just yeah. to get through it. Yeah. And having someone there to be hold you accountable because I'd work obviously working in divorce that those emotions run high all the time. But if you don't have that objective sounding board to say, Hmm, you know, let's think about that for a second. Let's think about what that would mean later, or let's think about what are the other options here? Because I think a lot of us going through divorce say, okay, no, I've got my family. You know, I've got my friends. I've got that support group. I don't need anything else, which is amazing. That's so great to have, but those people are often very biased and on your side, right? They're not often going to call you out on your own BS, right? Mm -hmm. Or your situation where like, you know, is that really a good idea to do? Or what if you thought about this instead, but having a coach or someone who can be that objective sounding board to kind of call you out on your emotional ideas, or, you know, as they start to unravel, it's going to save so much time and energy when you decide to take those emotions and start going back and forth to your lawyer with changing your mind about certain things, you know, because you can become grounded in whatever decisions you're going to make and start to think of things in a shifted perspective, because someone's actually trying to hold you accountable for those thought processes and how can we start to separate where you are in this deep emotion between what would be a, a better decision in this, in this moment. Well, you also get to be your true self. You get to mm. say what you're actually feeling, what you're actually thinking and whether or not, you know, your friend or family member hates your spouse, you know, maybe you still love them in some in capacity. Mm. So you want to be able to tell your coach, I still love him. You know, if I tell that to my friends or my sister or what have you, they're just going to shoot me down tell me I'm crazy because all the bad things. So they don't really get to work through that emotion or their thoughts or their actions are being pushed by these negative thoughts, you know, where you're not really telling your negative thoughts in the way that you want it. Or how do you work through that? How do you get through that if you don't have that third party to really be your sounding board, as you say? Yeah. Yeah. That, that is so true. And we send, we tend to get polarized in our, in our divorces, right? We, we really do side with with whoever's closest to us, or typically, typically it's the one who was left in the marriage, you know, and we really almost come around them and support that victim mentality of them, you know, instead of saying, okay, look, yeah, this is, this is what happened to you. Of course, there's going to be hurt and pain and anger that, you know, you can process and will heal from that. But let's take a look at how you can be in power in control of this. Now, you know, let's not fall into the, oh, this was done to me. Yes, it was to a certain extent, but now how can we go forward and you can start to make the choices for your future? Yeah. And if you're confused right now and you're listening to this and you feel like you're just lost, you know, take pause. It's okay to stop. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have to rush to the finish line. You could take pause, get the information you need and get it again and get it again. You know, there's yes. never too much information to make your decisions. No. And, and that's, a, I like that, that point, because I feel like when you're in it, a lot of times we do feel pressure to make that decision because we get that letter from a lawyer with a date on it to respond. And we're like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to think. And your whole body is triggered into this, this freeze moment, or you respond really quickly because you feel that pressure and you don't have time or you don't give yourself time to really process it and let it sit with you. And that is, I mean, how many of us know know this and experience this firsthand when you make that emotional decision in that moment that you're triggered, it's usually not the best decision 
being able to just let it sit and know that, you know, I don't have to respond to this in this moment. I can sit with it. I can talk about it. I can send this to my coach or my financial person and ask them what they think and really get other people's input. So I know how I can respond best. So true. Divorce is not an emergency. <laughs> That's true. I love that. And they're not going to run out of divorces, you know, during the pandemic, everyone was like, oh, I have to go. We're like, no, they're not going to run out of a divorce. You can, you'll still get your divorce. You know? <laughs> yeah, they'll print more. It's fine. Yeah, they will print more. Exactly. Right. So Cindy, your mission or one of the pieces of your mission is to eradicate the stigma around divorce. Where do you believe that starts? By talking about it, you know, this platform you guys are creating to be able to have these conversations and to be able to really put it out there, you know, on all of these platforms for people to see, I think that it starts by a using the word divorce as much as possible and normalizing that word. I have a funny story around that in a second, but I think that the more we talk about it, the more we connect and the more we let people know, like this is, you are not alone in this you know, you are, can be vulnerable. You can make mistakes. This is not failure in your life. This is an opportunity for you to grow. This is a part of your life. Your one chapter has closed, which is going to open a way for another chapter. You are not defined by this process. And I think the more that we can connect and just really be open and honest about taking ownership of this, I think it starts there because things become taboo when we don't talk about it. I mean, remember, remember my, my parents probably can remember this too. It's like Dr. Laura was on the radio like years ago and she was like this, the sex educator. And everyone's like, oh my God, she's talking about sex. Like we shouldn't be talking about sex. You know, it's like so taboo. It's so embarrassing, like it's shameful. But the more we talk about it, look how it's changed. Like people are comfortable with it. Now we can, we can experience it better. Plus we can prevent mistakes that way too. And we can, if we do the same with divorce, like divorce won't seem so shameful. It will be an experience, but it won't seem like you need to go and hide in a, in a cave because you're a divorced person now, or, or you're not allowed that space at the table. You know, we can start right, because to really, you're contagious. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And the more, I think the more we use the proper words for it. And uh, what I was going to say is when I started my divorce coaching practice and I got certified, I went and had wine with some girlfriends and, you know, celebrating this is great. You're moving on to this new pr profession of yours, your new career. And I said, I need to start to figure out what I'm going to call myself. Like, do I just call my practice Cindy Stibbard, but I kind of want to call it more divorce focused so that people know what I'm doing. And they were all like, oh, that's a great idea. But, you know, just don't use the word divorce. Like call it something else, something like happy, like high road to happiness or happy ever after or whatever. Just don't use the word divorce. <laughs> I, thought, I thought, oh my God, this is why I have to. Because if we are so uncomfortable even saying that word, we're never going to get past this stigma. I well, I mean, we are true believers in that. I mean, we have a Mrs. To Me Summit every year and, you know, it's for women who have experienced divorce. And we battled with that a little bit at first because people were saying, do you have to say that? Do we have to walk in a room that says that? And that's, and we said, that's exactly why we have to say it. Yeah. And it's funny because this year we have widowers coming. We have people who are not divorced that just, they have their children went through divorce. And that to me makes me so happy because it's okay to say the word, like you said, and it's okay that half of us have gone through that or 60% of us again, you know, it, it, that's, that's all okay. If we can just change the dialogue 
it's better for the next generations coming up as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's great. Cindy, so your practice is international. Do I understand that correctly? So how do our listeners and viewers find you? I spend a lot of time hanging out over on Instagram. So my Instagram handle is at divorce redefined as well as over on TikTok. I will just disclaimer here. I do talk about raw, hard, hard things and some people don't like what they hear. But for me, I feel that, you know, if you come on over to my page, it really is a community of regardless of whether you're getting divorced or not, this is just about bettering ourselves, bettering our relationships and bettering our experience. And I like to talk about the hard things because I feel that I want you to feel something. And if you feel something positive that it resonates with you, or you feel completely pissed off and offended by something I said to me, I've done my job because if you scroll through and you're like, eh, this is fine. I'm not feeling anything then I'm not getting to you. So whether you're feeling something positive or negative, you're feeling, and that's kind of the whole reason that I'm doing what I'm doing. And so come on over to that platform. I do lots of videos and quotes and introduce other specialists and promote other people's, you know, divorce platforms, because I really think that the more we can support each other, even in our own industry, the better that people are going to be able to go through divorce and come out on the other side. That's awesome. Thank you so much. This concludes this episode on divorce advice for men and women. Cindy, thank you so much for a fantastic conversation. Thank you. I appreciate being here. By the time my divorce was over, I was actually in a better place financially than I had ever been in my life. That's a quote from a My Divorce Solution client, Sarah, a divorced mom of three. We know the thought of divorce can leave you feeling scared, angry, and overwhelmed at the unknown path ahead. The first step to feeling in control of your future is to know what you have and know what it means to you. That's why we create a financial portrait for each client. Financial clarity that secures successful divorce outcomes for your family. If you're looking to navigate divorce with financial clarity, not fear, guiding decisions, head to our website at MyDivorceSolution.com to get more information on how the financial portrait secures your worth and protects your wealth. Thanks for joining us on another episode of WeChat Divorce. We hope this episode was informative and supportive on your divorce journey. If you are looking for more support for navigating divorce with confidence and clarity, head over to MyDivorceSolution.com for more podcast episodes, divorce events, and resources for your divorce. We'll see you back here for our next episode.